0: welcome to live well be well a podcast where we speak candidly about all things wellness my name is renee delacqua pronouns are she her and hers and i'm a senior health educator in health promotion services here at uc san diego on this episode of live well be well we'll be bringing in our expert on all things sexual health Bria hamlet who is a senior health educator here in health promotion services We'll be having an open and honest conversation about an important topic that needs to be discussed, but is often undiscussed, and that is sexually transmitted infections in honor of National STI Awareness Month. So I hope you get inspired, I hope you feel connected, and I hope you discover new ways to live your best life. Let's get started. So first off, thank you so much for coming on the show Bria. I think this is a really great opportunity and such a great platform to not only provide an overview of this important topic, but also to hopefully reduce the stigma and shame that we know is associated with STIs. So before we get started with all the questions that I have, can you please take this time to introduce yourself and just talk about what your role is in the department.
1: Absolutely. So, hi everyone, my name is Bria and I am the senior health educator who oversees sexual health education for health promotion services. I also serve in a clinical capacity by meeting with patients before they start birth control or pre exposure prophylaxis for HIV prevention.
0: Awesome. Um, that's great. So, to kick off this conversation, can you provide a general overview of STIs like? What are the most prevalent or common STIs, as well as why it's important to talk about this topic, even if it can be uncomfortable to talk about?
1: Yes, so STIs, otherwise known as sexually transmitted infections, are infections that are transmitted by sexual activity. These infections come from a variety of pathogens, including viruses, bacteria, fungi, and parasites. Uh, The most common STIs for college students include chlamydia, gonorrhea, trichomoniasis, and HPV. Gonorrhea and chlamydia are bacteria. TRIC is a parasite and HPV is a virus. It's actually known as human papillomavirus to be exact. Um, And it's important to talk about STIs because they're largely preventable, but they're only preventable with with testing and treatment. Sorry, Um, they're only preventable with testing and treatment. We also need to talk about them in order to reduce the stigma around acquiring an STI. They're a lot more common than most people realize.
0: Wow, that's crazy. Um, So I do have another general question. What is the difference between STIs and STDs? I know that these terms are often used interchangeably, but are they actually the same? So they are
1: often used interchangeably, but they're not really synonymous. Uh, STD is an acronym for sexually transmitted disease, which was a term really widely used until recent years. Um, An infection, if you think about the definition of an infection, it's the presence of a pathogen, whereas disease is disordered functioning within the body. And most diseases come from a Infection and so they manifest with signs and symptoms, but infections um, don't always present with symptoms and so they don't necessarily count as a disease. Um, And then, if you can imagine, on top of that, a lot of STIs are curable, so calling them diseases isn't quite fit, and then um, most of them are treatable and so. You know, there's ones like herpes that don't necessarily manifest as constant disease. So, this kind of creates the the back and forth about whether or not we want to call them STIs or STDs. Um, You can call them either, uh, but the larger point here is that it's harder to treat something if you don't know you have it. So, if someone's expecting to have a disease um, instead of an infection, that can kind of create some confusion.
0: Yeah, that's um, that's definitely accurate. And I'm glad you kind of made that just. distinguishment between STIs and STDs, just because, at least from my perspective, I was always like, what's the difference? Is there a difference? <laughs> so, um, so that's great to know that um, it's great to know how um, professionals like yourself are classifying STIs versus STDs. So the next question that I have is how can we protect ourselves um, and prevent the spread of STIs and STDs?
1: So the only 100% way to prevent STIs and STDs is through abstinence. That being said, most of our students are sexually active. Um, It's almost 90% in fact. And so the next best thing is routine STI screening and prevention. Um, And so that includes using barrier methods during sexual acts. Barrier methods are any sort of shield between either uh, genitalia or genitalia in a mouth or um, genitalia in an anus. And so um, you can use condoms, dental dams, finger cuts, all of those things reduce one risk, one's risk of infection. Um, and then screening or STI testing means a provider is searching your body for current infections as well as treating you for them.
0: Okay. Um, so thank you for all that information. It's really great that now we kind of have this general understanding of STIs can we transition to the conversation and get a little bit more in depth regarding STI testing? So like, what are some of the things that we should know when it comes to testing?
1: I think there's a huge misconception that when you get tested, you're getting tested for every STI. Um, And this is what typically people think is happening when they go in for their routine STI testing. So maybe every three months, every six months, depending on your need. Um, Unfortunately, this isn't the case as there aren't tests available for all STIs. Uh, Providers typically screen for chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis, HIV, and the hepatitis, hepatitis A, B, and C. Gonorrhea and chlamydia are detected via urine samples, while syphilis, HIV, and the hepatitis are detected via serum or otherwise known as a blood test. Um, But there isn't a test for HPV or HSV, as otherwise known as genital herpes. Um, There's only the conformatory testing. So um, basically, your provider has to look at you and see if you have any active sores or warts, but they can't test you just to see if you have the virus hanging out in your body.
0: Okay. So... Follow-up question to this um, when we're talking about testing, is there a way that students can access testing on campus? Um, If so, what is that process like and what is the the expected cost of testing on campus?
1: We definitely have testing on campus. Um, So if you have SHIP or the student health insurance plan, um, you can get tested through routine STI screening and that can be, you can tap into that a couple of different ways. So, if you don't have any signs or symptoms, you can go uh, to the lab for a walk-in test, um, and that is available pretty much every day as long as you get there before three thirty. Um, if you do have symptoms, I strongly encourage you to go to urgent care or schedule an appointment with your provider. Um, If you don't have SHIP, you can still, of course, get tested. Um, And if you're looking for uh, (laughs) cost-effective options, you can go to gettested.cdc.gov to find a clinic near you. Um, It should be, I would say, relatively painless, quick, and cost-effective. Most STI tests can range anywhere from $5 to $30 um, with insurance and sometimes without insurance. If you have insurance, more often than not, it's covered um, as routine health screening um, like preventative care Um, but a lot of clinics offer free testing days or a lot of people who have um, testing vans that they bring out into community so really just keeping in um, keeping connected with those resources so you know when those services are available Um,
0: that's great Um, so it seems like testing is pretty um, for the most part pretty affordable and also easily accessible especially for our students so that's really awesome to hear that Yeah,
1: I would think so. We're doing a pretty good job.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You all are. Um, So say someone gets STI testing and they find out that they have a positive result. What advice or guidance would you give them when it comes to coping with the diagnosis and also talking to their partner or partners about um, the information they received?
1: That's a really amazing question uh, because I think... There's a lot of there's a lot that goes into getting a positive result there's some aspects of it that are hard to process um, but there's so much support from the medical and the mental health side available to folks um, so with curable STIs in particular they're usually resolved through medications um, and treatment so I would say um, your provider will at least get you on your medication and then connect you with resources to help you navigate having that conversation with past mm-hmm. partners um, and then as far as moving forward, if you have an STI that's treatable, um, meaning, you know, you're going to be living with that for the rest of your life. Um, again, there's lots of people who go on to have healthy, happy, normal lives, and they still have sex. Um, but it is a matter of just having that conversation with partners. And, um, the thing that a lot of folks don't seem to realize is that it's easier to keep your partners protected when you know what you have, um, because you're on medication and you're using condoms and you're avoiding sex at high risk times. And, um, so I think, it's the idea of of testing positive that's scarier than actually living with the STI. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. Thank you for that. I think that's a really important thing to discuss just because, yeah, getting the test, uh, getting a positive test is really scary. But then I think it's the next step of having to talk to your partners about that positive test and um, how to get that conversation going. So thank you for that. So those are actually all of the questions that I have. Is there anything else that you would like to add to this conversation?
1: Um, I think one worthwhile thing to talk about is uh, pre-exposure prophylaxis, otherwise known as PrEP. I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but um, PrEP is available to students who are at risk of contracting HIV, and it can significantly reduce your risk of contracting HIV. Um, And a lot of students don't realize that if they have SHIP, it's actually considered... um, It's a medication that you can have um, with a really reasonable copay, So it's only about $25 a month at this moment in time. Um, So if you are at risk for contracting HIV, you can schedule an appointment with your provider to get started on PrEP.
0: That is excellent. Thank you. Um, So Bria, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has just been so informative and enlightening. And I really hope that this information... um, gets transcended to all students on campus so that they feel more informed when it comes to STIs and STI testing. So thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining today. If you'd like more information on STIs, please check out our website, healthpromotionservices.ucsd.edu, as well as the Student Health Services website, studenthealth.ucsd.edu. Also, in honor of National STI Awareness Month, HPS will be posting additional information on our social media accounts, so please be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook under UCSD Health Promotion Services. So that concludes this episode of Live Well, Be Well. If you like what you heard today and would like to learn more about topics related to health and wellness, there's much more to come. Stay tuned for our next episode of Live Well, Be Well. Until next time, be kind, be true, be you, and remember to be well is to live well.